I think it's people who can cleverly use character and also let people in on a property that is actually quite special. I really want to stress the point that's not about having the most expensive house in the street or the biggest or anything, but it's about selling a dream, I suppose. And I think emotion plays such a high part of property and how we look at property. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of elite agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. With thanks to our partner, Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking and strategies to elevate your results. To download your written action guide from this podcast containing extra tips, links and shortcuts, visit EliteAgentElevate.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Welcome to another episode of the Elevate Podcast, where we delve into some of the most interesting minds in business and in real estate for the very best tips and strategies for you to implement to elevate your business. I'm Samantha McLean, editor of Elite Agent and host of today's show. I've got a special guest on today's podcast. It's Domain National Managing Editor, Alice Stoltz. Alice represents Domain across the Nine Network, is a regular guest judge on The Block and is host of the podcast, Property Unpacked. So Alice, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be with you, Sam. It's great to have you here. And many of our listeners are going to recognize you from The Block. What is it like to be part of that series? Oh, look, it's such an amazing opportunity to see, to get behind the scenes on something that is one of Australia's biggest and best renovation projects. And I always just feel really privileged to be involved in it and just in awe of um, what goes on behind the scenes in it and sort of the enormity of of buying, selling, renovating properties. It cannot be underestimated. And I just think it's a really quintessentially Australian show and I, I just love being a part of it. It looks super hard on the contestants. I know renovating one room in a standard house is difficult, but, you know, being under that much pressure. Well, and they're under the scrutiny of cameras following them. So I don't know about you, but my husband and I renovating at our house, which we just did recently, was grueling enough, let alone with cameras watching you 24-7, little sleeve, and also a bit of a lack of control about the confines that you're working in. It's it's a very um, unique situation, and there are very bizarre pressures on it that normal people don't even have. And I just think renovating is hard enough, let alone under those circumstances. Do you have any favourite moments or standouts from the series that you've been involved in? Oh, look, I just, each project, I've really enjoyed watching the evolution of how the producers have sort of moved the goalposts each time. When I first started working on it, I think it was the Blocktagon in Paran, which was an apartment building. And, and I'm a real sort of fan of apartments and think, I believe that Australia should do a lot more about apartment living to make it more accessible and available to, to families, that sort of thing. And I love that they kind of approach that. And then little by little have really built on that idea of apartment living being something for everybody and also something that I think is a really good affordable option for a lot of people. So I've enjoyed watching how the shows evolved and then obviously there was the Gatwick which had these sprawling apartments in you know one of what was arguably one of Melbourne's seediest buildings with a really checkered history but then we saw these supersized apartments that were sort of akin to what you see on the Upper East Side of New York or something and I love that in Melbourne we were seen to this new way of living and then, and then they had terraces around the corner. So I just love the way the sort of, I suppose, the property types that they approach each, each season has evolved. 
And I think it's really in line with what Australians want in their property. And we know that this year it's going to be in Hampton, a little sleepy cul-de-sac in the Bayside area of Melbourne. And again, I think after COVID, we really are seeing a lot of Australians want to sort of tap into that area of the great Australian dream, having the quarter acre block, your kids playing cricket on the street or learning to kick a footy, that sort of stuff. So I kind of enjoy that the finger is on the pulse in line with how Australians are living. I think that's going to be an amazing series because Bayside is such an amazing backdrop for that sort of thing. So I can't wait for that one either. And again, I think it's just interesting to be in a really suburban area of Melbourne. I think in the past they have been in inner city locations or up and coming areas. And this year to be, what is a bit sort of like Ramsey Street or something in Neighbours or, or, you know, Home and Away or something. I kind of love that they're really, yeah, getting under the skin of what makes Australian suburban life. So can you tell us a little bit about your role at Domain and what you do of a, of a daytime? So my role at Domain is really kind of very varied. I look after the editorial teams. We've got a team who produce masses of news content, which then gets fed into the Sydney Morning Herald, The Age and the Australian Financial Review, as well as a team that feeds content into Nine.com. So that's our digital side of the business. And I also look after the magazines in our area and they're the magazines that come with the weekend Metro Papers of The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald and the Fin Review. I also host a podcast and I also represent Domain across nine in the broadcast sense. So anything TV, radio and that sort of stuff, I, I look after Domain from that perspective. Can I ask you, do you have a favourite thing that you do? I know, I know you recently brought back the magazine and uh, that must have been exciting, but is, is there a favourite bit? Yeah, and that's such a good question, actually. Thank you. No, I really get asked that question. So <laughs> look, I think for me, I, what I really love is creating things. And I love the tangible nature of creating content, which is probably why I love hands-on editing or creating podcasts like what you're doing now. I, I sort of come away from it feeling, I just find it enriching. And I think so often you feel like you're sort of herding cats at work sometimes or, or being really reactive to market changes or, you know, proposals or lockdowns or something like that. So I, I love just actually crafting, watching a story being crafted, being involved in that process and then seeing it go live and and usually when it sort of resonates with someone I get a letter from someone saying that piece on the weekend that Domain ran I, it finally taught me what stamp duty means or now I've learned how I can buy a house or you know whatever it may be so I love tangible work because I can just go to bed that night thinking I've actually done something today because I think in my word on a bad day it is a lot of what feels like just going around in circles a little bit why not actually creating and at my heart, I'm a creative person. So it's being in that space. Yeah, it's lovely when someone emails you and says that you've done a good job. I mean, you know, like we live for those moments, not the moments that people tell us we've made a spelling mistake or something like that. And you realise the effort it takes for someone to actually acknowledge that work. It's not easy just to, to, to do that. So you really realise for them to step outside and actually do that is a big deal. So myself, I always make a habit of always um, connecting with people if I've loved something I've done because I just think it doesn't take much and it just makes such a difference to that process. And knowing that it resonates with someone to me is the ultimate mark of success when it comes to content. Yeah, absolutely. So things have changed a lot in property in the last 12 months. I mean, we've seen it from the agent perspective and I'm sure you've seen it from the consumer perspective with people searching behaviours changing and things like that. What trends are you seeing at Domain at the moment? What people are searching for, it's it's as simple as that. And I think it's such a fascinating insight into people's 
what, what they're dreaming of, I suppose. And we know that when it comes to property, it's often a slow burn dream that people have on the back burn, thinking when I retire, I'd like to live here or do that or that. But I think what COVID did was created more um, urgency around that. And we did see people suddenly looking for things that they weren't that interested in in a year pre-COVID. Everything from home offices to gardens, to deck, to space, to spare rooms, to being a bit further out in terms of a commute. So we definitely saw that washed through so quickly. And what amazed me also was the bravery of people who there was so much sort of uncertainty in the world, but so many people were like, stuff it. This is my chance to, to, to take a leap and run with it. You know, and I personally wasn't that brave, but it was just amazing to me how many Aussies did think, I'm just going to break away from having to be really near, near the city and having to be near my office and go, you know, what we saw a lot around in um, this term commutable acreage, which is this idea of sort of larger sized parcels of land, but they could still commute to the city if they needed to, you know, one or two days a week or something. But, but people just did that, you know, really, really quickly. It, it didn't take that long for that to wash through. And do you think, based on what you guys are seeing over at Domain, that, that that's likely to change anytime sooner? Or are we kind of going to go through to the end of the year on the same sort of level of activity that we're seeing right now? I think as employers are urging people back to the office in some instances, we are seeing a bit more of people saying, hang on, maybe I will hold fire on that instance. I think a lot of people did get washed out into the regions quite quickly, those who really could just up and leave. I know that for some people are really realizing the value of having that office nearby though also. So I think we're going to see a shift in demographics of some people who do really value wanting to be in there. I don't know how you feel, Sam, but I really miss being in the office and, and I think I'm kind of lucky in that I can have the best of both worlds and have a house in the suburbs, but also going to my work and collaborate with colleagues and that. And I do think people are appreciating that more than ever at the moment. A lot of first home buyers though, are just so eager to get into the market at the moment. And we're seeing that there, there is this urgency with low interest rates at the moment. Will they rise in sort of the short to medium term and how people respond to that? So I, I do think that's changing quite rapidly at the moment, but there have been a lot of people who have saved a lot of money unexpectedly during COVID. And I acknowledge there have been a lot of people who have been really detrimentally affected by it financially, but there are a lot of people who have had the opportunity basically to now upgrade their property and are, and are using that. It's definitely interesting times. And I mean, at, at the moment with agents, you know, they're sort of talking that volumes are a little bit lower than, than what they're used to. And I suppose there are two camps we're seeing. One is that people are selling homes off market and the others are really trying to get as much exposure for the property, like as, as a bit of an opportunity now. So I guess I'm going to go down a bit of a path with you here is that you feature some amazing properties in Domain. What exactly does it take to get a property featured in the news editorial part of Domain? I think it's about having something, having properties with heart and soul. I don't, I think so often we see these sort of properties can seem too vanilla. So I suppose it's not about having the best architect or the most expensive renovation. I think it's people who can cleverly use character and also let people in on a property that is actually quite special. And again, I really want to stress the point that's not about having the most expensive house in the street or the biggest or anything, but it's about selling a dream, I suppose. And I think emotion plays such a high part of property and how we look at property. And when something sort of strikes a chord with you, whether you think I can really see myself, I don't know, sitting with my kids at that kitchen bench, or I could see myself lying on a Friday night by that lovely fire reading the paper or something, 
that that really resonates with me. And I think I think that's sort of what the magic of what domain managers to do. We we spend a lot of time pouring over property, which I know rather sounds rather self rather quite indulgent. <laughs> but I think it's such a it's such a sort of gift to be able to give people and say we've we've found the best properties renovators delights for you. We found the best properties that are great for downsizes this week for you. And I think that that audiences have we've built trust with those audiences and they kind of like our curated suggestions I suppose but to answer your question I think emotion is a huge part of it and when I see houses that have just got a sort of version of say quoi to them or have got a lovely thoughtfulness to the way they have been designed and again it's it's not about money it's about a thoughtful approach to how people can live in a house and really make it a ha- really make it a home, not just a house. Yeah, so that's interesting. So if if you're an agent that's sort of looking to get a bit of extra media coverage for the property, it doesn't matter whether it's a luxury listing or, you know, or whether it's a small little home. It's more about trying to drag the emotion out of what the property could offer. And I and I love agents who really kind of push the envelope with that. I mean, we've had stories that have done wildly, wildly well in terms of numbers on them, about about car parks for sale. And I know you think, <laughs> but this is because these these agents have such a skill at selling, and they can be like, "This is just the car park, guys. This is the ticket to your the new era of your life, where you can." park at this beautiful beach, go and get your fish and chips after work one day, have a beer with your mates, go for a surf before work. And do you see how that they, they flip it around and kind of just, just pull people in, I suppose, to it. So I think people who can also offer the, the, the angle of a lifestyle to a property really changes how we perceive properties. And I do see many different trends in the way properties are sold around the country. You know, I think Sydney and Melbourne in particular do a wonderful job of sort of selling a dream. And I kind of hope that the other more emerging markets like Tassie, WA and that kind of get better at selling because I think they could just they, they could just pull on their heartstrings of a stressed out Sydney cider and say, forget all of that. You can get all of this for, for a whole lot less over here. Come and take a look. So I, I think there's an evolution to how we are selling property, but I think Melbourne and city are definitely leading the charge. Speaking of luxury listings, um, there's a new TV show coming up called Lux Listings. Are you, are you going to be watching that one closely? I cannot wait for it. It's going to be my guilty little secret, I think. I, I showed it to my husband and I said, does not look amazing? He's like, he was sort of, let's just say he was more neutral than what I was. And it made me realize how people like all of us are really in this property bubble and we just can't get enough of it. So I can't wait to watch it. And I think it's going to be amazing for Australian property to to see it for the world, potentially to see just some of the utterly exquisite properties we have on sale in Australia, but also how agents here do things so differently. I, I lived overseas for a long time. When I came back to Australia, I loved that like the dress code in Sydney in corporate settings was so much more relaxed than what it was in London and New York and Paris. And I, I really enjoy the way that we do things in such a unique Australian way, but with so much refinement and verve at the same time. So I cannot wait to watch that show. And I haven't even seen a sneak peek of it, but I interviewed someone from it last week and, and I'm really, really excited about it. And, and think, I think it's going to do really well. So I'll just ignore what my husband says, but I think it's going to do really well. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that actually, because I noticed you had Simon on, on your podcast. Did he share any secrets or have we all got to wait? <laughs> He was classically agent-like and just put a few little teasers out there. But I think what we're going to see is a lot of, I'm looking forward to watching the chemistry between the three of them. I think um, they're obviously really high-profile agents and super competitive and super aggressive in their own way. But I love the way they kind of just dust it off and get back up and do it again the next day. And I think there's a lesson for all of us in being a bit more like that. You know, I think 
sometimes on my side we do probably hold things a bit but I think one of the wonderful things about agents are how they just bounce back and do it all again the next day so I can't wait to watch um, their relationships but I ultimately can't wait to see inside some amazing houses yeah me too actually and and there's a fourth character in this show that, that oh. the American ones don't have which is Sydney Harbour of, of course of course but every time I'm I started I commute to Sydney a lot from Melbourne and I started watching the American property shows on Qantas flights and I just fell in love with them. I just, I loved the way negotiations were done. I love the way they nurtured vendors. I love the way they solicited bids. I love the properties on sale. So yeah. Are you looking forward to it, Sam? Are you, are you oh, excited too? Absolutely. I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of, you know, yeah, I'm, I can't wait. July the 7th, I think it's like 20, 20 days to go or less. Well, you die, you've got the countdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all are. We all are. And uh, I think what you, I think what you say is correct. It's going to be our, our little guilty pleasure too. I think yeah. between somewhere between that and the block and all of the other shows. Well, and and I think Australia's an amazing market, and we've got so many ultra lux listings, and we also do have shows for much more mainstream audiences. And I love that. I think without sort of speaking shop too much, I think Domain and Nine have got this amazing ability now that we've got these really interesting ends of this property spectrum. We've got highly qualified audiences through, for example, the Fin Review. And then we've got through Nine, we've got mass audiences all around Australia. So I love that we've got all ends of the spectrum. And I think the property shows like what we're talking about do cover every every little niche in Australian property. And I think that's great. And I think we know how much audiences just love it and genuinely find education through those shows. So speaking of other shows, you have a podcast as well. So I wanted to ask you about that because that's become quite popular lately. Who are some of your favourite guests that you've had on your show? I love people who really push the envelope and who who also aren't afraid to say what they think. I think sometimes in property, people can be a bit, you know, say what you think they want to hear, I suppose. So I love guests who really just sort of seed ideas and that then become sort of conversation starters. So I, one favorite guest of mine is, or anyone from the Grattan Institute, I find fascinating in their ideas around what, how demographics are changing. We spoke to Saul Eslake uh, the week before last, and I always enjoy talking to him because I find, you know, he, he's from his little studio in Tassie, but I find him so insightful in his macro view of Australian and Australian property and the economy. So economists I always find fascinating. And I, what I try to do when I interview them is also really synthesize what they're saying and then simplify it down to our listeners. I think sometimes the challenge with economists, they can talk in quite lofty terms. And I always really try to just simplify it, so to make it understandable. What do you actually mean when you're saying that? And I kind of enjoy that challenge of doing that, but I enjoy, I really enjoy thinking about the future of Australia and thinking about the future of the Australian property market. You guys are so lucky though. You've got Dr. Nicola, who I think is one of the most switched on it was amazing. And she's on my speed dial and I get to talk to her whenever I want. So I feel so lucky, <laughs> so lucky. that um, we have access to her and the data that she has. And she's a really good example of someone who can really simplify something that's so crunchy and, and you look at it and go, what does that actually mean? And really put it into layman's terms, because I think so much about property, if we allow it to be, can be intimidating. And I'm just not a fan of that at all. And I think the more accessible we make these topics, the more informed people can be and educated. And it shouldn't be a privilege to be educated about property. Everybody has the right to have that to have that in Australia. It, to me, it's imperative. So let's kind of try and summarise some of the things that we've talked through for the agents that might be listening in. 
So if you're an agent and you really want to get some great coverage outside of the usual properties domain and stuff like that, what we're saying is make sure that you have an angle on your property yep. that is emotional. Yep. And I think, look, we, I mean, our sales team, we work hand in glove with the sales team. So I have really close relationships with all of our sales directors and then they're never backward and coming forward, as you can imagine. And we'll always say to me, Alice, look at this amazing client with this amazing property. And, and the, the, the list is long, but they also, together we work out, you know, it, it can be hard to learn that process, I suppose, for some agents. So we're always really happy to help agents understand what it is we're looking for. And that can, that, that, that in part, that can get them washed down to the vendor to help the vendor when it comes to selling, like, should this be sold as a family home? Should it be sold as an investment property? Whatever it may be. To sort of just keep that conversation going round and round and round and talking to us. But basically for agents, speak to your account manager and they know how to access me. And mo most agents are always very good at tracking people down. I'm sure it's the same for you, Sam. They seem to always get your phone number without even try, without having to try very hard. So we like to think we've got a really open door um, policy. And I love speaking to agents. For me, that they are at the cold face of what is happening on the market. And most of my insights or analysis of what's going on absolutely come from agents. And whenever I'm doing hopping on the Today Show or something, whatever it may be, I always make sure I speak to, you know, half a dozen agents. I mean, I really change it around who I do speak to before going on to understand what is happening in that part of the market because they're, they're, so, they're so valuable, their insights. It's interesting what you say because I do get a lot of agents sort of lobbing into our newsroom inbox and things like that. But I would say that some of them are extremely prepared and some of them are extremely not, like, yeah. you know, without photos and things like that. So is there a minimum sort of media kit that you would recommend that agents have when it comes to, you know, trying to get edit editorial? I always love at least half a dozen photos and they don't need to be styled pictures. So when there's a really amazing property coming up and again, not about price point an amazing or unique property, often agents will just send me pics taken off their iPhone and just flick them onto me and say, this is coming I'm just planting the seed now, get ready for it. And I find that really useful because I can sort of then understand what we're going to do with it and we can ensure it gets the right coverage in the right way because we do, you don't want to saturate something. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and say, well, that's great for, I don't know, nine.com.au, but it's not great for the age or the Sydney Morning Herald. Like we like to sort of be quite strategic in how we do the coverage. So half a dozen pictures and a brief blurb or, you know, like about a paragraph about why it's amazing. And it, it sometimes it's the pictures speak for themselves, Sam. It's just like, okay, I've got it. That, that's amazing. You, you know, you, you got me at the front door is like some kind of something out of the dark ages or something. But images help a lot. As, as well as a history of the property sometimes, you know, often it can be this sold for, last traded for, you know, we sometimes hear properties that have, haven't traded in hands for like 100 years or something. And that's an amazing story in itself, isn't it? To think that they've just gone through the same family or something. And, and I love those stories behind the homes. Yeah, I saw one of those this morning, actually, that very thing, a property that hadn't been traded for 100 years in Appian Way in Burwood in Sydney, which is like this little cul-de-sac of yeah. you know, very old homes. But it's fascinating. And I think even people who aren't actively in the market are so intrigued by those stories. So if we can just tell more about them, I think it just gets people thinking about property and then thinking, gosh, that little house next door to me, that might have the same thing. And then before you know it, like a savvy agent will find a listing in something by door knocking the neighbours around it and saying, did you know? And, that, and they're getting leads just by that. So you've been in real estate for a long time and you've been in journalism for a long time. 
Are there any myths out there? And I know some people tell stories about me, but are there any myths out there that you would like to set straight? Oh, God, that's a good question. Look, I think when it comes to TV, there are a lot of smoke and mirrors, I suppose. People will often say things like, you know, when we're presenting information, how did you make all that look so amazing? And, you know, for five minutes of TV, there's usually a lot that goes on behind the scenes to get to that point. I don't even mean the block. I mean in terms of research, thinking about things, interviewing I'm sure as an editor, you find the same thing, Sam, that it's just all that research and prep is just so intensive and that's what makes content great. So it looks simple and effortless to people, but there are a lot of sort of like being being a duck that underwater, there's a whole lot going on of your feet flapping about to get to that point of looking quite serene. Like I'm looking at you now and you look as cool as a cucumber, but I, I, I know the work that goes into all this before beforehand and that what, what that makes that content quite amazing. So I suppose it's just, I think, I think, you know, you're doing a good job when you make it look easy, but it, it, it isn't. There's a lot of work that goes into making it. So while we're myth busting, if, if you guys see something great on domain make sure that you let them know <laughs> because a lot a lot went into it as as exactly. does on, as exactly. does on the lead agent exactly. Exactly. absolutely and, and we do have a whole team of art directors picture editors you know it's it's not just while i do a lot of the the, the front facing stuff with domain there's a lot of people behind the scenes who do a lot of that also that, that make it look beautiful and elegant what's next for you have you got any other exciting projects coming up for the rest of the year we're going to be doing a lot more with Nine in the year ahead. So I'm really excited about that. So Nine and Domain came together as business that I hope I'm right in saying a couple of years ago now. And we're really pushing that further this year. And we feel there's just so much untapped interest. We know how well property stories rate across TV, print, radio, podcast. So I think just keep pushing that out. And I just think it's a bit like sport in Australia. No one can ever have too much property. And, and it sounds like we're sort of blowing our own trumpet there, but it, it's quite amazing how you, you, you can just keep talking about it. And as long as you're keeping the conversation moving, and as long as it's relevant to your audiences, there is such an appetite for it. And and I and I, what I love is that we're, as as property evolves, so too does the generations getting into property. So we've got, you know, Generation Z, how are they going to approach property? You know, millennials were slammed for their avocado eating antics and that sort of stuff. But it'd be interesting to see Generation Z work through it as well. So a lot more happening with Nine, massive sets in the block this year. And, and, and the whole twist of the block story this year is just mind-boggling. And I think everybody will literally kiss the ground of these contestants because what they have to do and the challenges ahead of them are enormous. So that's one thing. And just keep creating great content, I hope, but also working a lot more closely with our mastheads, like with the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age and the Fin Review also, because we feel there's such a thirst of knowledge that people want to talk about there. So keep working really closely with those, with those products. We'll have to check back in with you on the block in a couple of months' time and see to. see how it's all going. That would and be as amazing. And it's unfolding, we can talk more about it because I think w- what they're faced with is a common con- common conundrum of a lot of home builders or renovators. So I- I'd love to talk furthermore w- when the lights have been turned on and it's all aired. To be continued, guys. Exactly. <laughs> well, Alice, it's been amazing to meet you today, especially sort of meeting another editor on the podcast. It's fantastic. And thank you so much for sharing a bit of, you know, what you do and how you approach things. If there was one last piece of advice or one last tip that you could leave our agent listeners with, what would it be? 
I think dream big, but break down that dream with little bite-sided pieces. So I think I love this idea that people say, I want to live by the sea. I want to surf every morning before work or catch a ferry to work, whatever. So you've got your big dream. How am I going to get there? And I think that's the privilege we have in property. And I think that we can all apply that to everything we do. So whether it's an agent wanting to be a principal one day or something, it's just do those baby, like focus on what it is that you want and work out how you're going to get there bit by bit by bit and don't give up on it. Like I just think we're in such privileged positions to be in a country which has got through COVID so successfully really in an economy that really is so strong in a market that has just been going absolutely bonkers and that hasn't seen much job loss or that sort of thing. So I just think, I just feel lucky to be in that. So let's just not take that for granted, I suppose. And But, but keep dreaming at the same time. That is good advice. Alice Stoltz, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Sam. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Elevate with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to download your written action guide from this podcast containing extra tips, links and shortcuts. Visit eliteagentelevate.com.